0: New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash snapped or text SNAP to 500-500. That's audible.com slash snapped or text SNAP
1: to 500-500. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com
0: Hi, Snap listeners. We're bringing you a special bonus episode today from Oxygen's hit series, Mark of a Serial Killer, returning this Sunday, October 17th at 7, 6 central with all new episodes. You can also watch full episodes live or on demand on the free Oxygen app by clicking the link in our description. Enjoy.
2: We had a homicide. When you have somebody in the water, that crime scene is limited to the body. There was underwear that had been stuffed in the body's throat.
3: Why is someone putting it there? It could be, I'll shut you
4: up. They're finding more bodies in the river. Hey, we got a problem. 30-something young men had gone missing. Is one person responsible for the disappearances of these young men?
5: Rob told me he was going to talk to that contractor.
6: He never came back. They needed to find out more about that contractor.
7: We started on a surveillance. You're hoping somehow you're going to find this kid alive.
8: Out of all the people I've known in this world, I would have never thought that my friend would turn out to be the worst serial killer of all time.
9: It's the summer of 1978. And Chicago is mired in poverty and crime.
10: Chicago had the crime you'd expect in a big city in the mid 70s, lots of it and with all
9: varieties. As Chicago street gangs are battling it out for territory, organized crime controls the city. All this while police have to contend with a rash of missing and runaway teenagers.
4: The police force was highly taxed at this time in terms of not having all the resources available, they were spread quite thin.
9: It's a quiet evening along the banks of the Illinois River, an hour southwest of Chicago.
2: This is basically a rural area where the Illinois River and the Kankakee kind of come together. A lot of barge traffic that comes down there and a barge captain who's sitting there waiting for the uh, gates to open, looks out and discovered a body floating in the river. And he called our department and we went there, get that body out of the water. There was some decomposition, but it looked like it was a young individual When you have somebody in the water, the one thing you know is that that crime scene is limited to the body because the crime is never committed right there. The body is the crime scene.
9: The remains are taken to the coroner's lab to begin the investigation.
4: It's not uncommon for police to find bodies in the river.
2: To be honest with you, in those times, just another body. It's like, okay, do we have a homicide victim? Is it gonna be one of my usual, uh, where it's an organized crime figure or somebody like that, or a drowning victim? The first thing I asked the pathologist was initially, do you have a cause of death? And at that time, they didn't.
4: The victim was decomposed. It was very difficult to tell how they had died. However, the medical examiner recognizes this person has something lodged in his throat.
2: There was underwear of some sort in this kid's uh, mouth and down into his throat. It looks like it was forcibly pushed down into the throat area. At that point in my career, I never saw anything quite like that. At that time, we knew that uh, we had a
9: homicide. Immediately ruling out suicide, detectives have to identify the victim, but that proves difficult.
2: At that time of the year, during the summer months, decomposition really takes place, and it's really tough to identify the body.
4: At that point, they weren't able to garner fingerprints from the body. It was too advanced in decomposition because they had been in the river much too long
9: the coroner does find one identifying mark.
11: He did have a tattoo uh, uh, of the name Tim Lee.
9: Investigators check the missing persons reports and no one by that name has been reported missing. They turn to the press in hopes of helping them identify their John Doe. And almost immediately, police get a call.
4: Someone, a friend, came forward in Chicago simply by recognizing the tattoo and said that this young man was actually uh, Timothy O'Rourke. He was a huge fan of martial artist Bruce Lee. He got the tattoo
2: in honor of him. Some of his friends saw him a few weeks before we found the body.
4: Timothy was a gay young man. He was just 20 years old, and he would frequent bars downtown in Chicago. So investigators went to Newtown, which is a a gay district within Chicago, to find out more information about Timothy O'Rourke.
2: We went to bars and restaurants and stuff like that. No one really knew him that well.
9: In the past three years, there have been several dozen young men who have gone missing from the streets in the area. Many of the missing identified as gay. Timothy O'Rourke seems to fit this same profile.
2: We're talking a time when homosexuality wasn't talked about at all. Usually the families back in those days had nothing to do with homosexuals, especially young kids. They were out on their own, they were vulnerable.
4: Around 30 young men had gone missing in that area.
7: Kids were running away at an unbelievable pace in the 70s. It wasn't so unusual to have a missing person.
9: Investigators interviewed Timothy O'Rourke's friends to see who might have wanted to hurt him, but come up empty.
10: When you had an unsolved missing persons, there were no computers. There were no 8 or 12-page forms to fill out to send a Quantico to be published nationally with earmarks that it could be criminally involved.
4: Those kinds of things just didn't exist. So, police investigators really worked hard. They were pretty diligent. However, they did run out of leads. The case rankled.
9: Then, five months later, just three miles upriver from where the body of Timothy O'Rourke was found. There's a
2: lot of hunting at that time of the year. Some duck hunters that were hunting out there ran across the body. I met uh, a couple other detectives on the scene. We were able to determine that we had a a young male that was nude. Relative for these kind of bodies, it was in pretty good shape. A lot of times they're tore up from uh, barge traffic that's on that river. Again, when you have somebody in the water, this body is the crime scene. There's nothing around there that's gonna help us out. So whatever is on that body is extremely important. So at that time, you wanna get that body over to the pathologist.
9: When the body arrives at the coroner, investigators discover something eerily familiar.
10: There was the pair of bikini underwear that had been stuffed in the body's throat.
2: One of the detectives that was with me, we both looked at each other and said, Hey, we got a problem.
5: His last words to me were, I'll be right back.
2: He just vanished. The person
7: that Rob Peace went out to talk to, you're hoping that, all right, maybe he's got Rob Peace in his house. When he showed up, he was dirty. He was all full of mud. We knew right away
11: he was hiding something.
9: In the river south of Chicago, homicide detectives have just discovered a second body, again with the same strange mark, fabric stuffed down the victim's throat.
2: Whether the underwear was stuffed post-mortem or was it prior, we did not know that. There wasn't anything at that time that we were able to determine cause of death
4: they were sure that there was two bodies and that they had this material lodged in their throat and they had never seen anything like it before. So they were able to identify his fingerprints. The victim is 19-year-old Frank Landigan. Frank Landigan was a, a petty crook. He was involved in the drug scene.
9: He
2: was living on the streets was known to be, uh, by some people, as a a street hustler.
9: No other evidence is discovered on the body. So detectives interview Frank's friends and family, trying to establish a timeline of his last hours.
2: Most of the people that we talked to were were super cooperative. At that time, they were just happy somebody cared about the victim. Uh, Because apparently, uh, they felt that nobody Cared about any of these people and uh we did care
9: detectives learned that frank was last seen on the street the night of november 4th eight days before his body is discovered but no one knows what he was doing the night he went missing
11: we go downtown and i was talking to some of the kids that hung around down there a
2: lot of them were prostitutes when you have somebody that's working the corners of the street You have no missing persons on them. It's tough. And uh, we were never really able to nail down a crime scene nor any suspects.
9: The detectives turned to the mark. The underwear deliberately shoved down the victim's throat that they've now seen for a second time.
2: We got something highly unusual and we got two cases of it.
4: Investigators were concerned because so many young men were missing in the area what they did know is that they had those two young men that had been found with material savagely lodged down their throats is one person responsible
2: we thought hey maybe somebody out there was killing street kids we just didn't know who he was
3: the question is Why? Why is that foreign material in the throat? Why is someone putting it there? That's a very unusual activity. It could be, I'll shut you up, or you're never going to say anything again, or I've got control about what you can say and what you can't say.
9: Then, one month later, in the quiet Chicago suburb of Des Plaines, Illinois, local couple Harold and Elizabeth Peace arrive at the police station. They say their son Robert has gone missing.
7: Robert Peace is a store clerk at a local Nissan Pharmacy.
11: He was only 15 years old, he couldn't drive, so his mother went there to pick him up after work. She's waiting to
10: take him home at the end of his shift so they could have a family birthday celebration for her at home. I mean, the cake was there, the candles were ready to light. And he runs out.
9: Rob tells his mother that a contractor, building some shelves at the store, had offered him a job, and he was going back inside for a minute to talk it over with him.
7: His mother was waiting for a long time and uh, he never came
4: back. Mrs. Peace was alarmed.
11: He just vanished.
9: In the late 70s, it's not unheard of for a teenager to run off. But the Peace family tells police that Rob just wasn't that kind of teenager.
6: Rob was a good kid and uh, not someone that anyone would expect to run away or just disappear. We know something's
7: not right with this. He's an all-American kid doing well in school, athletic, had a good job, good family life, girlfriend, the whole bit. And he's not the type
5: that you would think would run away. I was good friends with Rob Peast. Rob was a couple years younger than me and he came to work at the pharmacy after I had worked there for a while. And I worked the cash register at the pharmacy. That night, Rob told me he was going to talk to that contractor. He said he was going outside to talk to him about some work over the holidays. He took his coat and his last words to me before he left to talk to that contractor were, I'll be right back. I had um, worried that night subconsciously because I had a bad dream about him that night. And you know, I might cry here, you guys. I had a really bad dream about him, that he was stuck in a trunk. I got this diary out and i wrote notes that next day so, sorry
9: police now need to locate the contractor who may have been the last person to see robert Peast alive the contractor was
5: uh, a middle-aged man not very attractive not very fit but was you know muddling around just kind of doing his measuring without interacting or an awareness of anybody else.
9: Police ask the owner of the pharmacy if he knows the contractor's name.
10: They talked to one of the owners of the pharmacy and were able to put a name on that contractor.
0: As a SNAP listener, you know the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every case I learn about, I'm reminded how much I want to prioritize my vigilance and preparation. That's why I use and recommend Simply Safe Home Security. My cameras have alerted me about trespassers and even given me a sense of security knowing my home is safe even when I'm not there. Get 20 percent off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/snapped. That's simplysafe.com/snapped. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code AUDIO to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code AUDIO at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code AUDIO. As Grundy and Will
9: County authorities investigate two young men found in the river with clothing stuffed down their throats, 50 miles north, Des Plaines police, looking into the disappearance of 15-year-old Rob Peace have a name for the last person to see him alive.
7: The person that Rob peace went out to talk to was John Wayne Gacy.
4: So, investigators went to the home of the contractor. They wanted to learn what this gentleman might know of the disappearance of Robert Pease. He blew
11: him off, said his aunt died, and he couldn't talk to him. So, they said, Well, come to the station tonight when you're done with your arrangements for the funeral. And they left.
9: While detectives wait to talk to Gacy, they take a routine look at his background.
4: They learned that he was an outstanding member of the community. He
11: threw these big summer parties for the neighborhood. It all came to his house, backyard parties, barbecues, and everybody
8: liked him. Johnny always wanted to be in the limelight. Johnny was a politician. Johnny was a big shot. Johnny held the St. Patrick's parade.
7: He was very well liked, very successful in the business, very active politically. In fact, he had a picture taken with Rosalind Carter.
6: He was a precinct committeeman for the Democrat party. He was a nice guy, uh, the kind of guy you would probably want to have a beer with. He would dress up in a clown costume. He would do charity events as Pogo the Clown. A couple of people
11: told us that he had these clown outfits and he would go entertain kids at the hospital because he enjoyed uh, entertaining the kids.
9: Later that night, John Gacy finally shows up for his interview.
11: When he showed up, it was like 3 o'clock in the morning. We asked him specifically about Robert Peace. Uh He didn't even remember talking to the kid. He didn't remember seeing the kid, nothing. He had nothing to do with it. But we knew right away there it was, it was something wrong. He was hiding something. He was dirty, he was all full of mud, his pants and, you know, shoes and, was all full of mud. He said he got stuck somewhere in his car. So, I asked him, where'd you get stuck? He said, near his house, realized right off the bat he was lying. I didn't believe him, I just did not believe him. Uh, But then we had to let him go, we couldn't hold him, we had, we had nothing. So we let him go. And I thought about him. where well, he said he got stuck. And I went there the next day. There was no mark of anybody being stuck. We knew a lot about that.
9: Police decide to dig deeper into Gacy's background. It turns out this pillar of the local community has a rap sheet.
7: John Gacy had a sodomy conviction in Iowa a few years back. and. Uh, was sent to prison for uh, sexual relations with a juvenile boy, and so that piqued their interest.
4: I mean, so many young men were missing in the area, and two were found dead in the river. Now you have this man Gacy, who had actually been in prison for having sexually assaulted a teenage boy who was last seen with Rob Peace. So to investigators it seemed as if the pieces of the puzzle were actually coming together.
9: Police immediately put John Wayne Gacy under 24-hour surveillance.
7: You're hoping that all right maybe he's got Rob Peace in his house kidnapping or holding him without the you know letting him go. You're hoping that somehow you're gonna find this kid alive.
9: It soon becomes clear this will be no ordinary surveillance operation.
7: We're obviously in plain cars, but he knows who we are. So during the surveillance, many nights, we would get up at a restaurant and John sat at one table and he says, hey, guys, come on and sit with me. We're, we'll talk. And so we moved over and talked to him. We had very good conversations with him for hours at end, at the middle of the night. He was uh, likable. I didn't hate him, and I felt very bad about him. You could see how he made friends that influenced people. The investigation continued on with interviews of associates and background.
9: As part of their background check, detectives cross-referenced Gacy's name with reports in other precincts and come across a bombshell clue.
7: Gacy's name was mentioned in a few Chicago police reports.
9: The police
4: discovered that two young men who were uh, employed by John Wayne Gacy had gone missing as well.
9: Two teenagers, John Butkovich and Gregory Godzig, have been on the list of missing boys for two years. They come from different suburbs of Chicago, but have one significant connection. John Wayne Gacy.
6: Investigators discovered the two young men worked for him. And they just vanished.
10: He recognized the smell of decomposition of human flesh. I knew we had to get in that house.
6: My feelings were almost numb. It was just beyond anything I could have ever comprehended up until that point.
9: Have been conducting surveillance on a contractor named John Gacy in connection with the disappearance of 15-year-old Robert Peast.
11: We couldn't charge him with anything. We, we had no body. We had, we had nothing.
9: Authorities have just discovered a link between John Gacy and two other missing boys.
7: Gacy's name was mentioned in a few Chicago police reports of missing kids that had never been found. At the time, the
10: police didn't make a connection between Botkovich and Godzik. Well, the reason is they were from different police areas and there was no way of communication.
9: With Gacy now connected to the disappearance of these two boys, police wonder whether he might also be a suspect in the long list of missing Chicago area teenagers.
7: Gacy is involved in politics, very well liked, very well respected in the community. Uh, people will speak up for him. And the people that we interviewed, that he had connections with, uh, other
11: contractors and so on, everybody liked him. All his neighbors liked them. All the people that he associated with liked them. It was real hard, you know what I'm saying, to, to talk to these people and get them to give us information when they thought he was a great guy. But they didn't know what we knew.
9: Detectives continue to follow Gacy full time as they look into his background, hoping he'll slip up. And then, one day, Gacy hands the investigators the break they've been waiting for.
6: Gacy was arrogant. Uh, He'd see the policeman sitting in front of his house. He'd invite him in to use the uh, restroom.
10: So one of the officers goes in the bathroom. When the heat kicked on while he was in there, the air coming out of that vent practically hit him in the face. and he recognized the smell of decomposition of human flesh. He'd been to the morgue before and he
11: knew what it was. I go, could it be? And you know, you start, is it possible that
6: there's a body buried there? I said, well, I think you guys may now have probable cause. So we drafted a search warrant for his whole house
2: so they execute the search warrant. Des Police Department performed a search warrant on the Gacy home. Uh, During their search, they found a bond slip. A bond slip states you're gonna show up for a court day. The investigators realized that they had a bond slip from Frank Lanigan.
4: Frank Lanigan, who had been found in the river south of Chicago and had material stuffed down his throat. Investigators realized, aha, we've got a
2: link. Well, bingo.
9: The bond slip definitively connects victim Frank Landigan to John Wayne Gacy, confirming to investigators they are onto something beyond a single disappearance.
6: The smell, it was coming up through the vent. One of the investigators questioned, where was the heating unit? It was down in the crawl space under his house. We went down into the crawl space.
11: Lime had been spread around. Everything looked like it hadn't been touched in months. But it raised a lot of suspicion about what was down there.
6: It was earthen, uneven, it it, had some uneven Mounds. And that area is a very, a lot of groundwater is very
7: damp. There was some indentations in the, in the crawl space. Sheriff's people go in
10: opposite corners in the crawl space and start digging with trowels and
7: searchlight and so forth. And they looked at it immediately, found bones. and knew they were human bones.
6: Well, stop everything. My phone rings, and it was another assistant state's attorney. And he said, find her, get your ass over to the police station. We found some human bones. I said, oh my God, more than one body? He said, not sure.
9: authorities begin excavating Gacy's house.
10: They didn't have to go down but a few inches and they're discovering bones in opposite locations.
6: It's a graveyard.
9: Over the course of the next week, more and more bodies are unearthed from under Gacy's home. Pathologists begin looking at the remains for any forensic evidence, and they see a familiar mark over and over again.
11: There were underwear, socks, rags, t-shirts, you know, pieces of cloth uh, in their mouths.
10: And as they were tearing out the interior walls, lo and behold, they found Robbie P's
11: blue down jacket. It was stuffed in the rafters in the crawl space. That was the strongest link that put Peace in Gacy's house.
4: Investigators found pieces of key evidence linking not only Gacy to um, someone who has disappeared, but also someone that was found dead. And it was clear that there is increasingly more bodies that they might find.
10: Now the question is how many? 29 bodies were recovered from the property. 26 from the crawl space. One from underneath the dining room floor, which didn't have crawl space under it. One from the backyard. And one in the addition, buried under the concrete.
6: My feelings were almost numb. I had never seen anything like this. It was just beyond anything I could have ever comprehended up until that point.
9: After discovering 29 bodies buried on his property and two bodies in the river, authorities immediately arrest 36-year-old John Wayne Gacy for murder.
7: Brought Gacy back into the station. Then he asked me, he said, Mike, were you guys in a crawl space? I says, yeah, John, why, why do you ask that? And he said, well, that's what the line was for. I said, what do you mean? He said, I, he said the line was to cover the smell, to cover the smell in a crawl space.
9: After meticulously removing each body over the course of nearly two weeks, Authorities must identify all the decomposed bodies.
11: We just didn't know who they were and they were in such bad shape. It was really making it hard to identify them.
9: As authorities struggle to identify remains, they continue to find what appears to be Gacy's mark.
10: The existence of those materials that was stuffed in the orifices in both the river bodies and the other bodies recovered from the home, tied it absolutely to him and that was a nail uh, in the coffin
9: as detectives are painstakingly removing remains from john wayne gacy's crawl space a tugboat captain on the des plains river calls police
2: a body was found uh, was highly decomposed was nude and it was later determined that he was probably strangled but he did have underwear uh, type of material that was in his throat. If this the Gacy M-O to a T. We were all
11: anticipating it was Robert Peast. We went and took a look at him, we realized he was far too short to be Robert Peast.
9: The victim is identified through fingerprints as 20-year-old James Mazzara, who has been missing for a month
2: another street kid mojo was a nickname that they had for him and he was from elmwood park and living on the streets of the city of chicago so how many more are we we gonna have pop up here and how many did he do my goodness thank god that somebody stopped this guy the
9: public is notified that this revered community figure is the serial killer that has been kidnapping and killing boys for years.
8: I do believe if evil had not come and knocked at his door and he had opened it up, Johnny would have been the governor of the state of Illinois.
9: Investigators delve into Gacy's history to learn what might have led him to kill at least 32 people with his sadistic mark.
4: Gacy had a alcoholic father who was physically and verbally abusive to his mother. He was also
8: abusive to Gacy. Johnny used to get hit all the time. Every time Mr. Gacy either came from the basement drunk or sober, Mr. Gacy would whop him with a fist in the face.
4: He would make homosexual references stating that Gacy was a pansy, gay. And of course, this didn't lend itself to Gacy having a very high self-esteem as a youth.
8: All through his life, he begged for his father to
3: accept him. Gacy aspired to be something that his father would be proud of. Clearly, his father would not have been proud of, uh, of his son who's having sex. With other men. He tried to elevate what he thought was sort of the good Gacy, which was the community leader, the heterosexual male. Everybody liked him. He had his, you know, alter ego, Pogo the Clown. But there was that part of Gacy that was always there. The part that enjoyed the killing and the torture, and having sex with young boys. The question is, why is that clothing in the throat? Why is Gacy putting it there? There's probably some ritualized
4: aspect that he enjoyed doing it. The community reeled in disbelief. They gathered around the house, you know, anxiously awaiting to hear if any more bodies had been identified by the medical examiner.
10: We made it public that we were looking for dental records and other materials uh, that might identify missing young men and boys during the relevant years.
9: Authorities have found 29 Gacy victims on his property and three more victims in the river. A total of 32 bodies. We never had seen that degree of evil and
5: it was unsettling and made people feel uh, unsafe. But at the same time, I thought maybe we would have some peace and find Rob.
7: We're quite sure that Rob Peacht was not under the crawl space because they're all skeletal remains and Rob Peest has only been missing for not even two weeks.
9: As authorities struggle to identify the victims and locate Robert Peest and any other unknown victims, they decide to approach Gacy directly to see if he'll help the investigation.
6: He has a lawyer, and um, I figured no way that they're going to get a confession. I said to him, John, do you... Uh, have any remorse for what happened to rob or any other young man and it's like the temperature in that room dropped 20 degrees his whole persona changed he just looked at me and he says what do you mean remorse
9: In January of 1979, authorities attempt to get the suspected serial killer, John Wayne Gacy, to confess to his crimes and help find Robert Peast.
6: And I knew I was in trouble then. I thought he'd clam up. And I said, well, uh, do you have any remorse? He said, oh, you mean that I got caught? I said, yeah, 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 that's what I mean. He said, oh, sure.
7: From that point, Gacy was very forthcoming. He didn't listen to his lawyers. He went ahead
10: and gave these oral statements.
11: Casey's own words were that he was running out of room in the crawlspace and therefore uh, decided to start throwing victims in the river.
6: You'd find uh, young men that would go to his house, drinks, have drugs, maybe sex, or just a job.
11: He always blamed his victims
6: for what
7: happened to him for being killed even. It was their fault, not his. He didn't change his emotion at all when he was telling me about what he did to these kids. He would tell the kids, okay, I'm gonna put the handcuffs on you. Then he would tell them, I'm gonna show you the rope trick. He would put a rope around their neck, put a very loose knot, then a stick about 10 to 12 inches, then another loose knot, and he would start twisting it bracing it between the shoulder and the back of the head. And he would twist it and twist it.
9: Investigators believe that his mark evolved from this brutality.
11: He was torturing these kids. And to keep them from screaming, he gagged them. Some kids start screaming in the bedroom or whatever, it's, the neighbors are going to hear it. Now, did he, he admit it?
9: No.
7: He, he would never admit that. He thought he was going to get away with it forever. That's the way his life was.
9: Gacy is formally charged with 33 counts of murder. 32 bodies have been located, and Robert Peast has not been found. While Gacy is still awaiting trial, another body is spotted by a hiker on the riverbank.
6: The body was found near a dam. The body was not that well preserved. We found paper towels stuffing the
7: throat which we know is the mark of John Wayne Gacy. With Robert Peest still
10: being missing, I thought that might be him.
9: Investigators immediately bring the body to the coroner's office to attempt identification.
7: Then within four or five days, a positive identification has been made on Rob Peest by dental records.
6: When... Rob's body was recovered. I I felt very bad that the family knew that this was final for their son. There was no chance that he had run away or or was still alive.
5: When they found the body, my whole world stopped at that time. Rob was dead. Part of myself felt guilty um, in the early days. I think to Rob, I would just say, I'm sorry. Sorry I didn't run out. Sorry I didn't
9: stop it. Gacy stands trial for 33 counts of murder. The victims, some of whom have not been identified, are all young men and boys ranging in age from 14 to 21.
10: At trial, he was Mr. Businessman. Uh, Sat there like he was running a committee meeting. Mr. Affable.
11: It took a long time for the jury to come back, but they did come back with 33 guilties, 12 of which um, he qualified for the death penalty Finally, Judge Gareppo starts reading for the murder of so and so and so and so, I sentence you to death. For the murder of so and so and so and so, I sentence you to death. Twelve times. And Gacy, we could see his face. I can't imagine standing there and having somebody sentence me to death twelve times. We're look, I'm looking him in the eye. He didn't even blink, he didn't even bat an eye. You talk about a scary guy, that's a scary guy.
8: Out of all the people I've known in this world, in my wildest dreams, my wildest dreams, no, I would have never thought that my friend that I grew up with would turn out to be the worst serial killer of all time. No, I did not.
4: 13 years later, surrounded by family members of the victims, John Wayne Gacy was executed by lethal
5: injection. I remember the day when he finally got his lethal injection. I just remember just being so relieved that finally it's over.
0: To date, six of John Wayne Gacy's victims remain unidentified.